You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett and I have one goal, just one goal here. It's to bring you great information from great thinkers and great leaders in dentistry to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today I bring back an awesome guest. Her name is Dr. Jackie Kinley. And we met her in the pandemic to help us with some of the big challenges that people have when it comes to mental health and mental fitness. And today we talk about connection and the psychological safety of teams. It is awesome. Check it out. I know you'll enjoy it and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron and I am so thrilled you're here today because I've got one of our great friends that we've gotten to know in the last two years to talk about a crazy important subject in dentistry. It's the connection, psychological safety in teams, um, whole subject area. And uh, I don't, I was telling Jackie, you're going to meet Dr. Jackie Kinley in just a second. And she's become a friend of ours since COVID. And I don't proclaim to be an expert in any of these things. And that's why this podcast is so important because our job is to bring you the best experts to help you sort some things and take away some valuable things to help you create a better practice and a better life. So Jackie, thanks for being on. I appreciate you. Mm, I, I'm so thrilled to be here, Kirk. I love your energy. I love being with you, and I appreciate all the work all your hey. all your listeners do. <laughs> hey, and I appreciate you. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you guys uh, who Jackie is. And Jackie, you and I met uh, fresh off of the whole thing called the pandemic, mm-hmm. and uh, we knew we didn't even know what we were getting into, but we put together this big marathon of CE. And a lot of our dear friends are like, we need some mental health experts health help in in a lot of respects and your name came up and we had you on and i thought to myself this is awesome and so you guys are going to see this uh jackie and i are going to be talking about a very important subject but jackie i want people to know who you are first so give us give us a little bio from your perspective if somebody hasn't heard you before Okay. Yeah, I guess. So first of all, people need to know that, you know, I'm a, I am a psychiatrist, but I really come at medicine. I was an ER physician and a family doc for a long time before I come at medicine from, I think a more holistic lens. I I, I want to spend time with people. 
And so when I moved, you know, from family to psychiatry, it was, it was to be able to be with people. I'm an associate professor in psychiatry, but very holistic. Um, I was actually one of the founding members of the American Board of Holistic and Integrated Medicine years ago when I lived in Colorado. Uh, I really, um, yeah, just someone who cares a lot about people, very strongly want to give you the skills and the tools you need because I appreciate life is difficult and, and there's a lot of suffering, a lot of unnecessary suffering. So uh, yeah, that's who I am. I'm just here to kind of help you out. And uh, I'm here to give you insight and make things easier for you because I have been through a lot and I've seen a lot. And um, just want to make, make, uh, yeah, make, make your life better. Yeah. <laughs> life can be hard. So and, yeah, let's, absolutely. And you do, yeah. you absolutely do. So let's talk about this important subject, which is what is connection? Can you start there? Like what is yeah, essentially yeah, yeah. connection? So, um, connection is something, uh, it's funny. We're talking about what we should focus on. And, 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 and I think the best way to understand what connection is, is to understand when it's missing, you know, and, and I think during COVID connection has been missing. Uh, people have been really missing um, um, uh, that feeling, uh, that sort of warmth. It's the energy that flows between two people, right? right? And it's sustaining and it's nurturing and it's important and it's, and it's, and it's life-giving. And a lot of people have been starved of connection right and so it's a it's it's essential and so one of the reasons i thought it would be good for us to talk about that is that i think a lot of people are experiencing you know some loneliness some alienation a lot of people are getting reconnected but people are connecting differently now right whether it's by zoom or coming back in offices and people are a little bit more apprehensive and so i just think understanding what connection is uh, uh why it's important and and how we build it in a really deliberate and intentional way is i think going to be really helpful so if we could kickstart that conversation uh i think uh that would be uh, a great thing to achieve in the short time we have yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm I'm a big fan of what you're talking about too, and let's just go there. You know, and I know nobody knows anything for sure, but prior to yeah. the pandemic, we could feel this coming on with so yeah. much digital information, and then yeah. it was like we got really sick because we couldn't be together. Has the pandemic yeah. exacerbated this to a great deal? Yeah, well, super point. You know, Kirk, you're absolutely bang on. I think before the pandemic, we were starting to notice the impact of what I call, you know, like cell phones. I actually call them alienators because <laughs> they actually, you know, even though you're kind of digitally connected to somebody, if we go back to the definition of what connection is, it really is this exchange of real energy and information, not digital. We're analog creatures. We are not digital creatures, right? And so, uh, and, and, and I think even before COVID, there was, there was a lack of that. People were missing that. And when you don't get connection, when you don't get the, the warmth and the attention and the love and you don't feel seen and understood and, and you don't feel like you belong, um, it's, 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 uh, it's, it could be really harmful, right? Yeah. It creates sadness and fear and anger. And we were seeing some of those things even before the pandemic hit, right? And when people can't deal with their emotions, they end up with symptoms. The pandemic has worsened that yeah. without a doubt. The connection, the loss of connection has been even more exaggerated. And so as a result of that, people's mental health has suffered even more because people are having a lot of emotions and they just don't know how to deal with them. They haven't been, they've never had to deal with emotions like this, right? So mm -hmm. all of a sudden people are feeling overwhelmed. And so 
how do we safely start to reconnect and, you know, help each other, right? And help ourselves, you know, through some of these really difficult times. Yeah. And so I'm 52, just to give everybody some perspective on this. And I think- You're uh, just my, a baby, Chris. I know. My wife, is, uh, <laughs> my wife is two years younger than me. And she mentioned this. She said, our lives were better before computers. And I was like, what? And mm-hmm. she said, you know, we're one of the few generations that's going to remember life before computers yeah. and what it was like after computers. And now we've got this whole new generation of people that are learning through computers. And I'll couple that with another statistic that I heard a little while back that's startling. And you can totally tell me if this is off track, but in the United States, it's reported that the average American only has one real friend. And I feel like that's a sad statement of affairs. And I think about what gives me the greatest joy are just the hugs, the, you know, sincere laughter and just, I I mean, losing track of time during a dinner and laughing is like one of my favorite things ever. And I, I just, uh, I want people to, to have something to grab onto because even myself, as much as I love relationships, I felt what you're talking about where I'm just not connected with the rest of the universe. Uh, and, um, and can you speak to that? Like, how do we well, you, get connection? Like, where does it come from in the neurobiology well, of it? Yeah, well, you've said things that are really important. I mean, the first thing is that we're social creatures, right? Is we right. don't, we actually have social neural circuitry in our brain. I mean, everything in our brain is wired to keep us safe and connected and procreate and to keep our species alive and moving forward, right? So everything wired in us is sort of altruistic in kind of a strange way, you know. Uh, but I think, you know, ultimately for us, in order for us to be able to get through some of the challenges, we need to be able to work together. And I think people have really uh, lost that. I mean, it goes back to, I think what your wife was saying, you know, we're one of the generations where we remember what it's like to feel touched by other people. And 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 right now people aren't feeling touched, they aren't feeling held. Uh, and so we need to be able to, um, uh, to help individuals, organizations, teams, you know, bring that back. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I think uh, that's what we're going to try to, you know, hopefully focus on here in this in this uh, in this brief session. But you're not alone. I think, uh, you know, I think it's really important to highlight is everybody's feeling an emptiness. I think sometimes when there's a lack of connection, you know, we fill it with productivity. I think that's what technology's done. It it's made us feel productive, mm-hmm. you know, which actually feels good. But there's a spiritual emptiness and sort of an sort of emotional, you know, longing and hunger, you know, that, that, that just being productive, we're not just human doings, right? We're actually human beings, right? So, so, so it's really important for us to be in connection with other people and feeling, uh, you know, that's at the end of the day, what's really meaningful to us, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and I have four kids and we talk about this a lot, you know, you talk about social media and the things that we, it's very hard not to press the Facebook button every day. It's very hard to not see what your friends are doing. And I think it works in the reverse way that you would like it to. A lot of times we're like, oh, I want to stay connected with my friends. And my first thought is they had a party. I wasn't invited. Like I know all those guys, you know, like why wouldn't nobody even texted me, you know, type of thing. You know, it's a really interesting thing that you talk about, about, about sort of the Facebook and, and, and the sort of addiction, right? Is that a lot of behaviors is that there's instant pleasures, 
you know, you can sort of get on Facebook and feel like you get a little hit of something or you can, but they're empty pleasures, right? Mm -hmm. And connection is not about that. It's not about that little hit of whatever, you know, it's, 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 it's deeper than that. And so these are, these are sort of, um, sort of, sort of empty, you know, real connection. Uh, yeah, you, you have to work at it. It doesn't just come. It doesn't just happen. That's why you say I got one or two friends because friendships aren't, you know, quick and easy, right? right? Connection is hard. And that's what makes it so rewarding, right? Is that you have to work, whether you're an individual, the relationship with yourself, connecting with yourself is really hard. Things about ourselves we don't like, things about ourselves, we have to work through those things. It's emotional, there's vulnerability. Being part of a team, right? In this day of individualism and everything, it's all just do it my way, right? But connecting and being a part of a team it's not just going into the office and going in and doing your job and leaving it's how do you actually connect with the other people in the office like like how do you become a team how do you have a shared mission a shared purpose like those are things that that are lacking right everybody has their own um, um, agenda right what's right. our shared agenda right? right like like at the end of the day what do we all want right and people generally want to feel happy, connected, secure, safe. Uh, and that's going to require us working together in different ways. And technology is not going to solve that. Right. Now go back to that because you and I were chatting about this before we hit the go button, the psychological safety of being in a team. What does that mean? Oh, God, this is so important because connection requires opening up and letting somebody in. And there's so much vulnerability in that, right? There's fear because if you've ever been part of a group or you've been hurt or you've lost somebody, relationships are hard and they're difficult and they stir a lot of feelings. And so it's about how do I join a team and feel safe, mm -hmm. right? And so psychological safety is such an important thing is how do we create an environment that is welcoming, supportive, um, 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 appreciative, uh, accepting, all of those things, right? And and uh, sometimes when we're really busy and we're really stressed out uh, and, and we're anxious or nervous or scared, we kind of lock in and we close off. And so sometimes workplaces, not by intention, right, but just by design, right, can be unwelcoming and busy. And and so it's about being very deliberate in creating spaces where people can just come together and support each other, right, right. and care about each other, not care for each other, but care about each other, right? And and uh, and if we don't have places like that, people aren't going to be feel safe. They're not going to feel open. They're not going to be willing to connect. So um, yeah, it's just a place where you can go and be yourself. I mean, Kirk, you must have, a, you know, one or two friends, but there's also places where you can just go and be yourself. Yeah, and feel like you can belong and let your guard down. Right now, I would hope I have a lot more friends than that. I just heard that statistic. And so like, no, I know, I know. <laughs> I want to give myself some credit here. Like, but, yeah, uh, you know, that. but uh, I, I feel those things as I see those in the world. And then you mentioned another thing um, when when you don't have the psychological safety in teams and you were mentioning there's a difference between having an office and having a team. What people do is they kind of overfunction yeah. and become resilient individuals within this environment. Right. Yeah, well, I think that, um, you know, uh, sort of offices can, you know, you can be part of an office, but not be part of a team. Mm 
And I think that's sort of, you know, you think, oh, I'm part of a group, I'm part of a team, but I've worked in a lot of places that they're really not teams, right? Teams care about each other. They have kind of a shared purpose. They're willing to sacrifice for other team members. Sometimes you don't see that in offices, right? You see people go, I'm going to come in, I'm going to do my job. This is what it is. And, and, and people, because people are doing the best with the resources they have, they're tired, right? They're, they're tired. And I think what we don't realize is sometimes the more we can slow down, and and connect with each other and become a team, and 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 uh, uh, then we're all better as a result of that, right? Is but that but as I say, it can be hard for people. It can be difficult. And teams require leadership. I think this is another piece. Is that you know is that you need leaders that help to promote connection, create a culture where people can feel engaged and they're part of something and they're making a difference and they're not just foot soldiers right just sort of yeah and so 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 there's a deliberate and an intentional thing that has to happen at a leadership level to be able to create teams people need to be part of something they want to be part of something they not only want to go to work but they want to be part of something they want to make a difference they want to feel like they have a purpose you know and so um you know i think we have to really uh, create that for people. And I think COVID's made it really clear that uh, more and more, uh, it's not just going to work, like just having a job's not enough. Like people right. want more than that now. People people want meaning in their life. They want to, um, yeah, yeah, they want to feel like they're, you know, part of something that's bigger than themselves, right? Yeah. And we have a lot, I mean, thousands of dentists that listen to this and many people in the dental community. And a lot of them are, you know, scientifically based. I mean, everything is oh, about yeah. the science. And so, um, you know, speak to the benefits, the neurobiology, well, like what really happens in our bodies when this, oh. when we feel the connection and how it can benefit, because it's more than just a feeling that it creates oh. when you have the connection. It's there's, there's multiple benefits. Absolutely. So, you know, it's really important sort of separating. This is this is not about not being productive, right? It's not about losing sight of the outcome. I understand at the end of the day, we got an office, we got to get the job done. But recognizing that it's through relationship. We don't have to sacrifice relationship to get outcomes. In fact, if we leverage relationships, we'll get to outcomes better, faster, and, and it'll feel good along the way. And so, Connection helps to generate a lot of positive, you know, you know, dopamine feels good, the serotonin, right? It quiets our nervous system down, it increases our motivation, desire, we're more energized. I mean, all it changes our state of mind. Like when we're feeling safe and connected, you know, our brain is relaxed, and it's open, it's not constricted. And so things flow better, things work better, you know, and so we perform better, right? And so when you create an environment, right, which is safe and welcoming, um, your employees not only feel better, but they actually do better, right? And so, um, which is totally the opposite. When 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 people are afraid, right, um, that sort of area in your brainstem gets kicked up, and your you know your, your your stress hormones kick in. It interferes with your thinking, your concentration. You don't perform well, right? So it's 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 really important is that creating settings and environments, and 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 we call them mil mil milieus in which people can actually um, grow and uh, develop and flourish and thrive and perform, right? Right. Uh, Which is, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's not too far-fetched. If you really don't know a whole lot about how this actually works on the brain or the body, you can see it in sports all the time or even the smallest yeah. you know, organizations where people – all commit to the same value system. They're open, they're, you know, vulnerable and they just perform well. You'll see some of the best things come out of people who aren't extremely talented and it just makes the entire group better. And I see it in dental practices all the time, but Jackie, let's say I'm a dentist listening, you know, and I'm 32 and I'm just really struggling. Like what are some of the barriers? Like Jackie, you don't understand my practice. Like I'm trying and no one's connecting and I just feel kind of alone. And I can speak to that because being an entrepreneur, you already feel alone. Like there's not a, there's not the entrepreneurial group that you meet up with every day at four o'clock and just have a cocktail with, you know, so speak to that. Well, so, so, so I think you, you build connection at, at different levels and resilience at different levels. And so first of all, is at an individual level, right? So at about a personal level is how do you, how do you kind of connect with yourself? How do you recognize your strengths? How do you take care of yourself? How do you support yourself? You know, how do you, uh, you know, you know, build your own mental fitness so you can show up and be the best leader or the best, you know, whatever, the best father, the best, you know, podcast host, it doesn't matter, but so you can perform really, really well, right? So it, it starts with you. Nothing grows from the outside in. It always grows from the inside out, right? So it starts with, you know, knowing yourself. So, you know, there's lots of ways you can do that. You can assess your level. You can get training and coaching and all those things. Build, build that insight. And then it starts with team is, okay, where's my team? You can actually assess teams. You can say, okay, how resilient are they? How psychologically safe are they? If you want to understand what's what's going on with my office, right? You can actually assess that. It's very simple. It's not, you know, sort of judgmental or critical. It's really about understanding and being curious and right. where are growth opportunities, right? And you can And you can do that. You can do that with teams, right? And you can help them because as you say, teams have that sort of second order, you know, they're, they're emergent, right? Is that the more uh, resilient the individuals are and self-aware they are, you know, just just the whole team performs better, right? And so everybody benefits. So there's a lot of different things that individuals can do, right? In an organization, you can uh, you can be curious yourself. What's resilience? How do I build it? What's mental fitness? How do I get stronger so I can be a better leader? I can be a better teammate, right? And then how do I bring it to my team? How do I build awareness amongst my team? Is about how do we take care of our brains? How do we be a brain safe office, right? Mm -hmm. What is that? How do we build the mental fitness of our office, right? And there's a lot of ways that you can actually, you know, do that, right? Whether it's starting with a talk, whether it's bringing in somebody to do some training with your office, and it's fun, right? right. It's proactive, it's fun, it's strength-based. Everybody wants to be their best, do their best. So let's help them with that, right? You know, that's one of the things that we do at the Institute is we help come in, we do individual and team training and, you know, and, and, and development and have fun doing it. Because I think that's another thing that's come out of the pandemic. It's not about just bringing people together to work and build and do things, but it's how do we have fun doing it, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's been a heavy two years. Let's have some fun. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, it should be a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. Is this true? Yeah. Like, you know, one of the things I've always been taught or heard is that rituals create new pathways, neural pathways, yeah. you know, whether it be with family, just having dinner or vacations, you know, some of you are listening, you've always gone to the lake, you've always done this and it creates these positive memories. Um, and then, uh, 
I recently, I just had a, a great experience and I'm blessed to have this experience, my wife and I, with our children being on two different sports teams. And the coaches were adamant, <laughs> like, we're all going to go to dinner at this place. You might not like it, but this is what team is yeah. all about. And actually, I'm so thrilled that they, we had a, we had a schedule, the rituals, and uh, it was awesome. And it adds to the collective experience about what you believe in these yeah. relationships, true or false. Oh, true, true. And, you know, you highlight something that's so important is that there is no pleasure without pain. Mm. <laughs> and so what happens is, oh, I have to go. I got to make time for it. I have to like, I got to go to the gym. I got to work out. I got to exercise. I got to, I have to do these things. And, and, and pleasure without effort is just, you know, it doesn't, um, hold in the same way and the fact that you had to make an effort and make a sacrifice and get out there and put effort in it makes the pleasure all that much greater yeah. so it's really important to highlight that is that is that happiness is associated with stretching yourself and doing things that in the short term might actually be difficult and uncomfortable but in the long term they're so rewarding Right. Yeah. So I just I just really want to highlight that that's a great effort is that we have to put the so great example. We have to put the effort in. Happiness doesn't just happen. It comes from a result. It, it, it is a result of us putting in the effort. Yeah. 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 What else are you seeing? Because you get a chance to talk to a lot of people. You coach people yeah. all day. What are some trends that you're seeing both good and negative since the pandemic about connection? Well, I think. Uh, probably in terms of the trends, in terms of the good ones, because I think there's lots, there's lots of good ones. Is I think that um, a lot of people are starting to recognize, you know, that they're human, right, and that mm -hmm. they need, you know, to make an effort. They need to reach out. It's been easy to isolate and close off because we've had to and we haven't been able to. But it's also, but stretching themselves and making the effort and re-engaging is rewarding. It's hard, but it's rewarding and it's really necessary. And and that's where the nourishment comes from, right? Relationships nourish us. You know, people don't realize that they're like food, <laughs> you know, for the for the soul, right? And so um, I think people are starting to recognize that, and they're realizing that. And and I think what what I am seeing though, the uh, on the other side, is that there is a lot of fear, there is a lot of anger, there's a lot of inability to tolerate emotions. Like we people haven't learned the difference between emotion and behavior people get angry and they act out you can get angry right and you can feel sad but you're still accountable for your behavior so right. understand where the anger is coming from and then and then use that energy in a positive way right like emotions can be used for good and they can be used for bad right they're just energy right yeah. and so 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 it's really about i really encourage people you know, that if you're feeling sad, grief, you know, work through, go through the loss. If you're feeling angry, you know, figure out what's the violation, where have your values been, and then have a conversation, like show up and, and work through it, right? And if you're scared, you know, um, prepare, step in, like take positive action. Don't be uh, a slave to your emotions. Right. And I think what we're seeing is a lot of people are acting, um, you know, sort of decorticate, you know, <laughs> they're just feeling things and reacting and they're not leveraging what makes us human, which is our capacity to um, take that information, put it into context and, 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 and stay in relationship and, and, and in a positive way to make a positive difference. Uh, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of fear. And uh, I think people don't realize um, that they've lost control of their minds to some extent. Right. You know, and that they have control. 
Yeah. And I'm going to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And just to that point, like you're provoking some emotion with me. I'm just going to speak from my vantage point. Like I do not enjoy Twitter at all. I don't. No. Twitter just makes me angry. It makes me frustrated. I turn it on and it's like catastrophe after catastrophe, you know, and it's, it's extremely divisive. So if you're a Twitter fan, I'm sorry. I just had to speak. I even feel a little bit of that from Facebook. Now I'm, I'm kind of beaten up on social media here, but I never feel more pleasure once I get off of social media for a few minutes. I always feel a little bit like, ugh, what a waste of time. Now, you can couple that with people's sleep patterns, their ability not to exercise. And I'm fascinated by the number of young dentists that don't exercise anymore. And I'm just like, dude, you've got three decades of practice in front of you. How can you say I don't have time to exercise? So my hope is if anyone's listening to this, you know, everybody's in the same boat. It's just one foot in front of the other day after day, make little steps in progress. Maybe get a little bit more sleep. Maybe go to the gym instead of checking Twitter. I mean, again, I'm, you know, you're the expert. I'm just asking, am I, am I on the right path or not? You know? Well, I think there's a couple of really important things is it's not that, that, that social media is the villain. It's how you use it. Mm. Right. So if you're just sort of passively scrolling and sort of observing and comparing and everything, you're just going to be miserable. Right. Uh, but if you're using it to get out a message or share something that's important or whatever, then that, that's great. But most people don't use it in a positive way. Most people tend to use it in a passive you know, kind of way, which is totally not healthy and just takes you down the rabbit hole and you feel miserable. Right. So but 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 what you are saying is about habits and about and about putting in an effort. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we have a world where pleasure is easy. You know, I can just sit in front of the TV and I can you know, grab a popcorn and, you know, whatever and you know, just sit there. But without effort. Right. Pleasure is empty. So, so it's, 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 it's in the short term that, that, that might feel nice, but in the long term, it's going to undermine your health. It's going to undermine your self-esteem. It's going to undermine all of those things. It's like not going to the gym. It's easier to not go to the gym, right? I'll just go home and do whatever because I'm tired and exhausted. It's actually, you know, this is where, you know, strength of character comes in. You know, I'm really important. I'm really, this whole idea of character is that, you know, it's, it's, it's having the capacity and the mental discipline, right? And the fortitude to be able to put in effort, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you go and hike a mountain, you know, not because you love hiking a mountain, it's because, you know, you, 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 you're, you're, you're proud of yourself. You feel good. Your body's energized as a result of the effort. You know, you don't go for a run because you like running. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know a lot of people like running. You go for a run because you get out there and as you get there, you feel good at the end of the run because you've put in the effort and your body rewards you you know, as a result of that, you know, it's like going to the pizza party with the hockey team, you know, oh, God, I'm really tired. I got to change. You, know, you get out there and you're rewarded as a result of the effort. And so what you're saying is, is that people aren't willing to put in the effort. Things have become mm-hmm. easy. It's a culture of complacency and you become mentally fat. And when you get mentally fat, it's like getting physically unwell. Obesity, mental obesity is a problem. Okay. And so this is about putting in the effort. And when you do your chemistry, your neurochemistry will reward you. You will feel good. It generates more dopamine. It generates more serotonin. And when you connect with people, there's more oxytocin. These things feel good, right? So if you want to feel good, you have a choice, right? You can go for the easy pleasures short term. They're actually not going to feel good in the long term. They're going right. to undermine your health and happiness, which is such a strange paradox, right? Because why don't I just go to the drive-thru, right? 
Yeah. Whereas if I actually sit down and make a meal with somebody and have it, that's where, that's what communion is, right? right. <laughs> Connection is communion. It's, it's that it's when we connect as community together, that's what feeds our soul. Right. right. It's so important. Right. And, and, and these quick pleasures we can en en enjoy on our own, but we lose the connection and there's no sustenance in them. Right. Yeah. The mental obesity, go back to that. I mean, that's, a, that's very powerful what you just said. Yeah. And you know, what, what are the impacts of mental obesity? I would guess it's just like having physical oh. obesity. You're going to look for the pill that's going to get rid of the obesity. Right. Is that well, typically what happens in some cases? Absolutely. Absolutely, you know, you know that that, that to, to to sort of deal with the you know, downstream effects. But the other thing that happens is that when stress comes, you don't have the strength to be able to deal with it. This is why I talk about mental fitness, right? Is that you know, you know, making decisions, you know, and 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 asserting yourself and setting boundaries and taking care of yourself. All those things they take effort. Right. Right. They take effort, but they strengthen you, right? If you sit around and don't do those things, then when a stress hits you, you know, you're just a sitting duck. You know, you don't, you don't have the strength. You don't have it in you. You haven't built the, the, the resources, right? You haven't fortified yourself. So, so this is, I think, what's happening. People talk about fragility. People are fragile. People can't handle things. It's, 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 it's just deconditioning. It's not that they can't handle things. It's that in this state, they can't handle things, right? But right. you can change your state of mind. That's what resilience coaching and training, mental fitness training is, right? Is that we help you, right, to learn how to uh, manage your emotions, how to, how to plan, how to set goals, how to make decisions, how to, how to collaborate with people, right? You know, yeah. those, those things are hard, yeah. right? And, and, and what you're seeing in the world is a result of people not doing them. <laughs> right. So take us through that because you had, you had shared this with us when we started the pandemic that you teach people mental fitness. So how, yeah. what is that? What does it look like? How do you do that when you're yeah, coaching well, somebody? Well, a couple of things. We have a new app that's just come out called Airspace. It's a little bit different. It's really about mental fitness training, right? And so, uh, but 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 we've done it, you know, for years, like one-on-one, -on -one, just assessing and coaching people. And what it is is it's 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 sort of getting a sense of what your psychological strengths are. What are your tendencies? What are your strengths? What are your growth opportunities? And for some people, it's like they just don't have mental discipline, right? They don't plan. They don't make decisions. They procrastinate. They put things off, and as a result, things pile up. They end up anxious, overwhelmed. Some people don't have perspective. They don't kind of check in with themselves. They don't check their biases and stuff. They don't, they just don't, they, they, they don't take the time to do those things. Some people emotionally, they never pay attention to what they feel in their body until they're physically sick. They've got ulcers or irritable bowel, like their body starts, you know, it's inflamed, right? Because they have all this emotion that they've never actually dealt with. And other people, they, 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 they emotionally and psychologically just, just, just can't step into relationship with people, right? They just, they don't know how to connect. They can't tolerate intimacy, right? They don't know how to set boundaries, all of those things. So it's about helping people develop those skills. And it's so interesting. I was saying the other day to a group of people that it's a work in, you know, physically you work out, you go out, you go to the gym and you lift weights and everything. A work in is like, you know, I want something, but wait a sec, how do I stop? How do I say no? How do I, right? How do I set that boundary? How do I set that limit? I'm at a meeting, I'm emotional, I'm angry, I'm upset. How do I settle down? And it's a work in, people don't see it. People don't see what you're doing, right? They don't actually see it, but 
it's so powerful and it's so effective. So an example is now you're sitting here with me, right? Mm -hmm. You've probably got all kinds of things going on, but you're being really careful. You're mindful, you're picking, you're very, you're filtering. You're doing a lot of mental work right now, right? People don't see it, but I know you're doing it. You know you're doing it. (laughs) And it's hard. Right. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. Right. Yeah. So these are these are the things, right? Is that is that mentally you are exercising and we teach people how to do that. That we teach them how to filter stuff out, how to deal with emotions as they surface, right? How to connect with people, how to back off, how to set boundaries. It's emotional stuff. They're work-ins, right? But uh, they're very, very powerful. And then what happens is you walk around the world and you feel like I know myself. I'm in control of myself. I know where I am. I know where you are. I can read you. I can read me, right? People get psychologically stronger, right? Yeah. And, and and then they perform really well and they show up well and they're good in relationship, right? And and, and they feel good because they don't feel out of control. Right. They don't feel anxious and scared. When they get angry, they get angry, but they're not overtaken by it. Right. Yeah. They can be the master of themselves, right? Yeah. They can master their own mind, right? Yeah, I love yeah. that. We always say, you know, your problems are not your problems. They're how you think about your problems. And so you're yeah. really the expert in there. And then I'm going to totally screw up this quote. But Covey used to talk about the gap between stimulus and response. He said, you know, that was one of his favorite things is, you know, there are things that happen. And it's the gap between what happens and how you respond to them that really determines who you become. And it's your choices and things like that. And understanding how to manage that gap is crazy important. So, 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 you know, to build on that, I always say resilience is the space between reaction and response. Ooh, I love That's that. where resilience lives. Resilience is a process, right? It's something that you do and you can build your strength at it. Some people, oh, you're resilient. You're not. It just means, hey, you know, I got a bigger buffer. I know how to move in that space, right? But resilience is the space between reaction and response. So I'm talking to you. There's stuff going on. You're you're right. Right. And then you're coming back, right? And so that's what resilience is. It's that space. It's inner space. We focus on outer space and everything that goes on in the world. Inner space. Is, is the next frontier, right? That's why, that's why these are work-ins, right? Inner space is vast and it's where peace of mind sits, right? Yeah. It's where peace of mind lives. And so this is about mastering inner space, right? I, I love it. I want, I, want, I want people to know how to find out more about what you do in your programs. But before we do that, just any last thoughts that you have on connection or just last bits of yeah. advice you'd share? Well, I just, well, first of all, it's a, it's a pleasure being with you always. And I, I, I love these conversations, but um, I really do think that uh, life is relationships. Mm-hmm. Life is, life is all about relationships. We are particle and wave. We are constantly in relationship with ourselves and with other people. So life is connection, right? You know, and so if we don't have connection, we're not going to survive, right? So it's, 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 it's like, it's, it's fundamental. Okay. And so we can think I can do it all myself. The, the reality is we can't, right? you know, and so the sooner we understand that and the sooner we recognize our interdependence, not just with each other, but with the world that we live in, the environment that we live in, as soon as we accept, you know, the fact that we are interdependent beings, um, Oh, God, the sooner we're going to get to that little pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Jackie, I, I always enjoy my conversations with you, and I know you have a ton to share. We're going to have you back, cover some other subjects. But yeah, uh, that's great. 
Can you guys, uh, like, how do I find out more about you if I just want to have a conversation with you and I'm a listener? How do I do that? Yeah, www.air-institutes, with an S.com. And we have a website. You can go on. You can sign up for coaching. You can join a, you know, a a group. You can download our app. Our app's going to come out. Actually, it's not to consumers, right? But you're for your office, for an organization. You can access the app. There's lots of stuff. We're doing tons of stuff. And we're here for you, like, individually, as a leader, as a, as a, as a, or as a team, right? Um, uh, Lots, lots, lots that we can do to help and and we train resilience coaches and champions too so if you got somebody in your office or somebody who wants to be a resilience coach reach out happy to pass on the knowledge and you know we don't need to do it for you yeah you can, that's you can awesome do it yourself <laughs> jackie i am so grateful uh and thank you so much and if you're listening to the podcast uh and you didn't take notes don't worry we're always taking notes for you so you can flip up to the notes section either spotify stitcher itunes wherever and you're going to see all the links that jackie's mentioned you can click right on them it'll take you directly to her website and you can reach out and check out her stuff i'm telling you it is fantastic and uh if you're an act you member you'll see a bunch of courses that she did for us uh, so graciously during the pandemic and they are wonderful. So thank you so much for being on Jackie. Really appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. You take we'll, care of yourself. You got it. We'll stick around while I say goodbye to everybody else, but thank you guys for listening to the best practices show podcast. If you enjoyed today, just do us a favor, hit the share button, share with your friends, keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see and questions that you have. I'll have Jackie back and we'll ask her the tough questions and have her give us her expertise (laughs) on those things. So um, until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching the best practices show. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.